I'm going to begin today in Matthew, the 28th chapter, the 28th chapter, and then we will go back and read a portion of Scripture out of the 27th chapter, out of the 26th chapter. I'm going to go to Matthew, the 10th chapter. So we're going to start in 28, and we're just going to work our way backwards all the All the way. So let's read out of Matthew 28, verse number 11. The scripture says, Now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. Everybody say they paid them off. Large money unto the soldiers. Saying, say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money And did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. I want to talk to you a little while today about something worse than betrayal. Something worse than betrayal. Have you ever been betrayed? Let me see the hands of those. Sharon, your hand went up fast today. You and I both. We're like, yes, yes, I know where he's going. We've all, we've all experienced betrayal, and, and it doesn't feel good. <laughs> there isn't anything about betrayal that comes off feeling okay, that you may be able to tolerate it, or it was just something that happened and it can be overlooked. Betrayal is one of the most difficult things that any human being could ever face. Betrayal comes about out of uh, a relationship of trust. So, without trust, there can be no betrayal. So, it starts with connections with one another and a trust that is developed over time. Then a closeness that, that happens and almost a euphoric type of belief that This is secure, and it'll always be like it is right now. And this is great, and I'm glad that I came across this, and this has happened in my life, and it just feels so right. And then you get a phone call from someone. Or you go to work, and and there's a bit of a chill in the air. (laughs) Or someone says to you, man, I hope... I hope you guys can work that out. Several years ago, I was in a situation like that. I got a phone call from uh, a friend, and in the conversation, he mentioned another friend's name, and he said to me, I hope hope you guys can fix that. I hope you guys can fix that relationship. I hope hope you can work that out. And I'm clueless, all right? I'm, I'm on the other end of the line thinking, what in the world is he talking about? 
Everything is good between my friend and I. What does he mean? I hope it works out. I hope, I hope this can be fixed. And I had no clue that the guy saying to me, I hope it works out with you and the other friend, had thrown me under the bus, had, 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 had sold me out, had betrayed me, and painted the picture to the other individual as though I was the culprit in the, in the fallout. And honestly, I had nothing to do with it. I was simply asked a question. And I responded to the question. I didn't elaborate on the question. I didn't give any details to what I could have said. I simply answered the question with an honest answer. And the individual on the other end of the line was the one that created the question and the problem in the first place. And now he knew that he had, he had sold me out and betrayed me and painted it in a way that I was the culprit and, and I'm on the other end of the line with no clue what's going on. Thinking, this relationship is fine. What is he talking about? Until I talk to the other friend. And he said, man, I can't believe that you said... I, I, I didn't say that. Man, betrayal doesn't feel good. Right or wrong. No matter, how, no matter how it's framed, no matter how it's put together, no matter how it's pictured, it doesn't ever feel good. And, and there are times, and I'm sure that you would agree with me, that you've been betrayed and you thought, I thought, it could never be any worse than what it is right now. I mean, it can never get any worse than it is right now. The betrayal of Jesus by His disciple Judas is a sad tale. It's a sad tale that, that ultimately, listen to this, ultimately the betrayal of Jesus by Judas ultimately led to the death of both men. Okay? It led to the death of an innocent man, Jesus, and it led to the death of a guilty man, Judas. But there was hurt and death and suffering and pain and regret on both sides and with both parties. And, and I can tell you just in a, in a brief overview here that, that there was something that had been working in the heart of Judas for a long time. And he was looking for a convenient moment. He was looking for a time that he could do this. It's a sad, sad story of, of the betrayal. Many, many live their lives, many people live their lives in a constant state of Betrayal. A constant state of betraying the Lord and then confused about why things in their life aren't better. Okay? They betray Him over and over and over again and then question, why am I always going through things? Why am I always in this difficult place. Judas 
From the moment that he betrayed the Lord, he entered into a state of misery in his life. You can can read the story, and I'll not take the time to go through it all, just to say that he immediately regretted his decision. He regretted betraying the Lord, and he wanted to do something to try and fix what he had done. And so he took the money, the 30 pieces of silver that had been prophesied that would be the sale of the Lord... And he took the money back to the men who gave him the money. And he said to them, I I don't want this money. I I I realize that that I betrayed the Lord. It's it's not right. I'm not happy. My life is miserable. People think that once they've known the Lord, they can go back and live any way and feel comfortable. You can't. You can't. There's sleepless nights and there's miserable days and there's overwhelming conversations and memories and thoughts that that come. And that's where Judas was. He went back to those men in power and said, Take the money. I don't want the money. And they received the money from him. But then, guilty as they were, didn't know what to do with the money. They said, We can't take this money back and just put it in the treasury of the church because it's blood money. There's blood attached to this money. The life of Jesus Christ sold out and now they have the money and what are we going to do with it? Judas parted with it. Whether you want it or not, he threw it on the floor and and he rushes out in his misery. Betrayal, Betrayal not only hurts the one that has been betrayed, but it also hurts the person who does the betraying. There's regret. There's pain. There's anguish. And so... They say, what are we going to do with this money? Well, let's let's buy a field. Let's buy a field where a potter will take the broken vessels that are not able to be used. And he throws the broken pieces into a piece of property. Let's, Let's buy that property and we'll use it as a burial place for strangers. People that are just wandering through, passing through and have no connection and no family will bury them there. And so the field is called the potter's field, the field of blood. But here, here Judas is trying now to grapple. He doesn't, he doesn't have the Lord in his life, his friend. He doesn't have the money that he sold his friend out for. He doesn't have the money now, no money, to show for his betrayal. He doesn't have the the team of men that were around him every day, his compadres, his connection. He doesn't have them because he was the one that abandoned them all. He doesn't have the respect of those in religious power because he went back on his betrayal. He's alone. He has no one. So sometimes we think, I'll make this decision and it'll make my life better. (laughs) We end up making a decision of betrayal and we lose everything. What we thought we had, we no longer have. And so Judas, in his pain and in his misery, he tries to recant and he regrets this and he repents over it. And the Bible says he runs out and hangs himself. And interestingly enough, he falls into the property purchased. 
by the money that he got by betraying the Lord. That's a sad tale. I don't know that, that really just on the surface it can get any better than that. Lose your friends, lose your family, lose your purpose, lose your destiny, lose your self-worth, lose your life. Does it get any worse than that? Does it? I mean, when you just think about the story of this man and where he ended up, betrayal is a painful thing. It's a painful thing. But there are many people who live their lives in a state of betrayal. And they think that life really can't get any worse, but, but it can. Life can get worse. And I want to talk to you about something worse than betrayal. And, and we're saying, can it get worse? I don't know that it can get worse. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse number 33, He said this, But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. You know, for me today, the thing in my mind that is worse than betrayal is denial. Denial takes this betrayal thing to a whole other level. Let's go to Matthew 27, and I'm going to read several verses uh, beginning with verse 57. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day... That followed the day of the preparation. The chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, listen to their words, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, After three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. See, the first error was all about betrayal. It was all about the mock type of trial. It was all about the witnesses who came in and, and played a different role for money to say that they had seen and heard and experienced things from the Lord. That didn't actually happen. That was a mistake. The mistake was betrayal. And it was bad to set people up and come into the court of law and, and paint Jesus in a picture that, that really was not a reflection of Him. And they said, that was bad. But, but what could be worse is if in three days, like He said, His disciples come by night and they collect his body and carry his body away and then began to tell everybody that he rose from the dead, that will be worse. <laughs> that will be worse than what we've already faced. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way. 
Make it as sure as you can. I, I love that phrase in the story. And every, every time I read it, that phrase steps out to me. It's almost as though Pilate is saying unto them, Do everything you can in your power. You, you, you plan it. You, you get it organized. You set it up. Make it, he said, as sure as you can. Just sounds like Pilate knew something else was about to happen. <laughs> And, and he was the man just not many verses before that his wife looked at him and said, you better not be involved in this. She said, I had a dream and I've been, I, I, I've been spoken to and that's an innocent man and you better not, you better not, Pilate. And he washed his hands in front of the people and said, he's an innocent man. But I'll leave it to you to do what you want. But as far as I'm concerned, he's an innocent man. And now he's saying to those people, after he saw what they did to the Lord, he said, make it, make it as sure as you can. You go set up the best watch that you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Here's what I find in the verse. What's worse than a, a dead man? What's, what's worse than a dead Savior? What's worse than a dead man, dead Savior to the devil. I'll tell you what's worse. <laughs> a living, risen God and Savior. What's, 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 worse, what's worse to the adversary than a dead man, a dead Savior, is a living Savior. They were saying if, he, if He's taken out of that grave, if He's pulled out of there, we will never be able to live this down. If it gets out to the people, it will be worse for us than it is right now. It'll be worse. Matthew 26, says, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Be careful when you say, I'll never. <laughs> I'll never do this. I'll never do that. I'll, I'll, that may be the exact thing you get to do. I will never, 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 never. Oh, well, be really careful because he said, I will never... Okay, Jesus is saying, I'm headed to Jerusalem. I'm going to give my life. They're going to take my life. And, 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 and Peter says, not, not, not if I have anything to do with it. No, no, that's, that's not going to happen. And he said, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. He, he rose up. I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee, that this night, not next Week, next month, next year. I mean, in the moment you're saying, and you would think that, that you could keep this resonating for a few days at least when there's such bravado in your life and, and you take such a stand. I will never be. Oh, no, 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 ne never. And Jesus said, this night, not next week, not next month, not next year, not ten years down the road, tonight. Jesus said, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me. Not once, not twice, but three times. You will deny me three times. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. He said, You, you may think that and you, you may say that, Lord, but I'll die beside you. I, if I, I will die before I deny you. I will die. I'll give my life with you. 
Then notice what the scripture is. Likewise, also said all the disciples. Everybody standing there said the same thing as Peter. I'll die before I deny you. I will die. I will give my life before I would ever deny you. Not just Peter, but all of the disciples said it. Interesting. Because in the same chapter, a few verses later, verse number 69, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath. He denied and he swore. He denied. I do not know the man. Less than 24 hours before, he said, I will die with you before I ever deny you. I don't know him. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. I don't know him. 24 hours before, he said, I'll lay my life down before I ever deny you. And now three times he's denied him. He's denied him with an oath. Now he's denying him, swearing and cussing. I know not the man. And immediately, immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Bitterly. The mistake. No, so so let me let me draw a parallel here. Judas betrays the Lord. And after the betrayal, he goes into a state of misery to the degree that. He took his own life. Peter denies the Lord. And the Bible said he leaves that scene. He goes out weeping bitterly, overwhelmed now. Probably no less grieved than what Judas was. No less regret in his life than what Judas faced. No less than the things that Judas was dealing with, Peter is now dealing with. But instead of running to a cliff and taking his life, he goes back to the place where he came from. And he sits down in deep contemplation, trying to figure out, can I ever get through this, over this, around this? Will it ever change? Separated. Away from the people. I read, I read to you when we started out of Matthew 28, and I'm going to come back to that now, but before we get to our, our text there that I read, I want to read a few verses 
at the beginning of that chapter. The verse number one says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the, to the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that, that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. What a wonderful story of while all of this misery and pain and hurt and, and betrayal and denial and rejection, while all of this drama, everybody say drama. While all of this drama is going on, Jesus did not let that stop him from accomplishing what he came to do. Jesus did not let that stop him from proceeding further in his purpose in life. And so I want to tell you today that no matter where you may be or how your relationship with the Lord is, he's not going to stop moving on your behalf. He's not going to stop going forward with the plan that ultimately will be the answer for your drama. It will be the solution for your trouble. It will be the way out of your misery. Had Jesus said, I can't believe Judas would do this to me. I can't believe Peter would do this to me. And just quit on the process, then there would have been no hope. But because Jesus did not allow their shallow relationships, their betrayal and their denial to stop him, then we have a story like this that Jesus did rise on the third day and he meets the women, Mary Magdalene and Mary, and he says to them, I'm headed to Galilee, tell the disciples to get there. And when you read from another one of the gospel writers, he uses this same story, but he describes it this way in saying, tell the disciples, go get the disciples and tell Peter. They, 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 they were instructed, they were instructed to not just in a general sense go tell everybody to meet me there, but tell them, but whatever you do, don't forget to tell Peter also. Go find him wherever he's at. Go down by the seashore. Go look him up and tell him that the master wants to see him in Galilee. Your betrayal, your denial doesn't cause him to run from you. It causes him to run toward you. It causes him to open his arms to embrace and say it doesn't matter how miserable you feel or how distant you feel or how lonely you feel. He still loves us. Amen. And so the enemy's best plan of deception and protection to kind of keep his his uh, scheme intact, his plan was 
Go set a watch. Secure it as the best that you can. Put the guards outside. Make sure that no one comes and and takes Jesus in the night. His plan and His preparation and His protection for that scheme, the adversary stood no chance to the power of the purpose and destiny of our God. You could set as many men around that tomb. You could seal it however many times that you would like. You could set a watch and a guard and call the whole army there. But it wasn't going to stop him from coming out of that grave. Amen. Somebody shout, He's alive. So my message is this today. All that being bad and sad and difficult. What's worse than selling him out for 30 pieces of silver? I believe what's worse than selling him out for 30 pieces of silver is believing and living like he didn't rise. We can point, we can point fingers at Judas and talk about how bad he was. But if you live your life, if you live your life Believing and living as though he didn't get up, you're worse than Judas. What's worse than betrayal is denial. And Jesus said, if you deny me here, in this wicked, adulterous, corrupt generation and world, if you deny me here, you don't live for me here, you don't honor me here, You don't respect me here. You don't worship me here. You don't serve me here. Then I will deny you before my Father. What's worse than 30 pieces of silver, betrayal money, blood money? I think what's worse is living every day like He doesn't exist. That He can't work your situation out. That He can't fix your problem. That He can't answer your prayer. That He can't forgive and change and heal and redeem. Living like you got it all under control when Jesus is standing right there. I don't want to live in a place of denial. I want to live every day worshiping Him. Honoring Him. Celebrating. Celebrating what we celebrate today. Jesus is alive. When life gets too heavy, remember Jesus is alive. When the world gets too painful, remember Jesus is alive. When stress starts to mount and and regret and guilt and fear come into your life, remember Jesus is alive. Don't deny that. Don't live like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't have anybody on my side. Yes, you do. Jesus is alive. He's alive forevermore. He loves loves you. He's here for you. Live your life every day with a confidence in Him. And when that day comes, He'll not deny you before His Father. He'll say, well done. Yes, yes, yes. I know, I know her. I know Him. Absolutely. Yes, they stood for me. They depended on me. They, I want that kind of, I want that kind of ending to my story. I don't, I don't want a story that lives every day full of stress and fear and unbelief and doubt and grief and addiction and pain and rejection. He's alive. You don't have to live that way. He is alive. And here's, here's the thing. What Judas did not get back from, Peter did. 
What Judas didn't get back from was betrayal. But something worse than betrayal was denial. And Peter heard the message, he wants to see you. And Peter showed up at the meeting. And we know the rest of the story for this man. It didn't end right there with his denial. But the story goes on that he was chosen to preach that message of the outpouring of God's Spirit. Amen. In the book of Acts, when the church was birthed, it was Peter, the man that denied. So it may be worse than betrayal, but there's forgiveness for denial. If you'll just make your way back, if you'll just say, God, I want you to be first in my life. I don't want to live self-centered. I don't want to live as though I have it all in charge. I need you every day day that I live. I confess you. I respect you. I honor you. I worship you. I love you. You are the God in my life. If you'll put Him first, you don't have to worry about His arms of mercy and grace and redemption. They'll be reaching toward you to embrace you and bring you right back to where you need to be. Don't live in a place of denial. If your family's falling apart, he can put it back together. If the doctor said there's no hope for your sickness, he is the great physician. Amen. Somebody hear me today. He is the one. Don't deny him. Don't reject him. If there's fear and grief and pain in your life, cast your cares on him. He cares for you. He will bear that load. He will lift you from where you are. He loves you. Let's stand together. Amen. And I pray on this Easter Sunday morning that you would remember that it doesn't matter what your mistake is. There's a place that you can go to reconnect with Him. And that place is right here, right now. In this moment, right now. You may have lived of late in a state of denial, not really knowing you were denying Him, but just kind of doing your own thing, answering your own questions, trying to right your own wrongs, trying to calculate it and figure it and plan it and work it all out on your own. When He's standing with arms open wide saying, you don't have to carry that. You you don't have to bear that. Give it to me. Give it to me. Let let me be your Savior. See, as long as you live as though he's dead, the devil's pretty cool with that. But you start living like he's alive, and the enemy is deathly afraid of people who just take the bad news and the challenging situations and say, instead of giving up right here, I believe I'll take this to the Lord and I'll put it in His hands and I'll give Him an opportunity to work in my situation. We don't have a long time, but we do have a few moments here and I'd like to invite you to come and stand with me here in the altar as as we come to a close today. I want us to pray together. There are people here this morning, no doubt, that just need just need a touch from Him and, and just, need, just needed to be reminded that He is alive and He is available. And as your pastor today, I'm just saying, 
Don't continue to live like he's dead. He died so you could have life. And he rose again so you could have eternal life. Amen. He is alive and there is hope for you and I. We can live with confidence and with hope every day knowing that Jesus is alive. Be reminded on Easter that He is alive. The grave could not hold Him. Death could not keep Him. Father, right now, I pray for every person that stands before me today. Just let Your Word saturate our minds and hearts and lives and let it get into the very fiber of our soul today. Lord, some have been living as though you were nowhere to be found and you were out of the picture and and we've been living like you're dead we've been living in a state of denial but but lord today we change that perspective in our lives and and we change that opinion and thought of you and today i know that you live i know that you are alive i know that you are well and today god i pray for those that stand in this building that need healing in their body bring healing today be their healer those that need comfort be their comforter today those that need a friend be their friend today those that need god a touch from you lord we turn to you with open arms god crying out reaching to you lord we need you today we cannot make it without you lord you are the hope of our lives god we worship you today we praise you today we glorify you today for those who have denied you god i know there is redemption i know that there is forgiveness i know that there is a way back today turn it all over to you i repent god i give it to you today you are our lord you are our savior you are our redeemer our soon coming king lord Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.